everyone, and welcome to this week's podcast, The 721, the podcast for Nathaniel Green Middle School in Providence, Rhode Island. Well, it's already November, and of course the year is speeding through. Um, we've had some good news for September and October. For the month of October, we've cut our suspensions in half from last year, and our attendance is way up. So our students are, are feeling it. Uh, they, they love coming to school. They love being here, uh, and they're working hard to uh, do the right thing and to help create a positive culture here in the school. And we want to thank our teachers for helping doing the same as well. We had a movie day today for our students who are uh, part of our PBIS program. So all of our teachers who nominated our students to be part of that, we had a very successful movie day this morning. And our boys and girls soccer teams were both winners this week. So our boys are undefeated for the season. So uh, they have about two more weeks of games on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, and our girls won their very first game this week. So we know that they're going to continue that next week, keep that momentum going. This week's podcast is with Mr. Simone, our English teacher here in the eighth grade. So we hope you enjoy. All right, so I am here with uh, Mr. Ron DeSimone. Uh, this is a guy that I worked with uh, in a previous life at Del Sesto Middle School. We worked across the hall from each other, became pretty, pretty close friends. I have the honor of having him now in my building as an English teacher here. So, Mr. DeSimone, what is your role here at Nathaniel Green? Well, I mean, you basically just said it. Uh, I'm an eighth grade English teacher up in uh, room 304. Um, previously at um, Del Sesto, I was a mostly sixth and seventh grade English teacher. Um, prior to that, I was at Oliver Hazard Perry and I was an eighth grade teacher. So eighth for a few years, sixth mostly, a little a seventh in, at Del Sesto, and now eighth grade again over here at Nathaniel Green. And we followed similar paths because you, you started in Johnston as well, yes. like I did. Yes, I subbed. I day-to-day subbed for a while, Mm -hmm. and then I ended up with a one-year position at Ferry Middle School before I ended up coming to Providence. So you went from Ferry to to Perry, Perry. (laughs) and then they closed Del Sesto. And And then that's where we met initially. Yes, in I think 2014, maybe? 12, I think. It was right before I got married. I got married in 13. Oh, yeah. So the start of that 13 year was 12, so... Yeah, that's, oh, that's yeah. my then first we went year at Del Then we were downstairs in the, and then we were on the same team there downstairs. On the first floor yeah. over there, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I've been doing it for 15 years, really. 15 years, going back to, to Ferry? Yes. Why did you want to become a teacher in the first place? Well, I mean, I always, when I was in my early 20s, I, I, I actually got a communications degree first from Rhode Island College, and I actually worked briefly at, uh, ABC six in the sports department behind the scenes. I don't know if I knew that behind the scenes. I wasn't on TV. <laughs> so what was <laughs> your, what, off TV. what did you do at ABC six? The research department for, so what kind of things did you have to do? I had like, to, like back like? then there were tapes involved. So like I'd have to tape certain things and present certain, um, highlights to the sports department to, for them to edit and, put it on TV and I actually would go to like the Providence Bruins games and the PC fire games and actually with a camera and I actually videoed the 
videoed the games themselves and did some interviews after with the players. And then I had to provide the tapes, really, to the sports department. So I've known you for, for about seven years now. I never knew that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, you know, pre, kind of a previous life. I mean, I wasn't really making too much money. And I minored in English while I got the communications degree at Rick. So I decided to go back for teaching. I felt like it was better. It was better for me as far as like schedule wise. Um, things were kind of all over the place in the communications field. And I just, I, I just don't think I had the patience you have you have to wait a while to be able to really move up in that field. So I think I just liked the whole like schedule and I was always used to the school schedule and the structure of school. And I felt like I could make more of an impact on the young kids doing um, this profession versus the communications uh, field. Um, I in my 20s, I did a little assisting of uh, basketball and baseball. Um, coaches in Cranston and I, I just liked working with the young kids I like the fact that they kind of looked up you look up to you for guidance and you know we were all there we've all been there before and some kids you know they they need that that guidance from an adult mm -hmm. and uh, that relatability and the approachability I feel and uh, I kind of fit the bill on that so what were the hours like in, in that uh, ABC 6 job oh Overnights. All over the place. Early, early morning. Because you had to get ready for the, the newscast. For the, yeah, for the morning. And then sometimes I'd actually go home and, and nap and then come back for the evening. And then sometimes stay all the way till after 11. It was... Um, it was all over the place. I didn't like the... I didn't like that. I, I'm kind of like a schedule-oriented person. Like, you know, like an 8 to 5, 8 right. to 4 type of a person. Yeah, and I, know, I know you like your, your routine and yeah. your schedule. Like me. Yeah, we're and, similar in that sense. And it was a little disorganized sometimes in the in the actual like studio, and I just it it didn't bring me the the comfort level that I needed. No, well, no. we're glad you you decided to oh. come back to education here. <laughs> Thank you. Otherwise, we wouldn't have met. Right, right. So everything happens for a reason, right? Maybe. <laughs> Time will tell. We'll see. <laughs> so, what's the best part of your role as an educator now? I I mean. I like I like being the leader of, you know, I, I like a group of either adult or kids to be in front of me and me kind of bestow upon them the wisdom of uh, Ron DeSimone. And uh, I, I, I just, worse. <laughs> and basically, I mean, I, I just I, I just like kind of having my own classroom and having the kids kind of look to you for guidance and kind of having that that aha moment when the students understand what you're saying and mm -hmm. it, it was a good feeling and they need you know they need it they I mean they have to go to school they have to go to school for like 11 or 12 years and I like being part of that path to college yeah I when I left El Sesto to be a math specialist I was removed from the classroom and removed from the students and I was working more closely with with teachers and administration uh, and while the work was great and I learned a lot doing it, I did feel myself being pulled back to try to get closer to working with students again, which, yeah. which I'm doing now. Yeah, I remember you saying that once, how you felt like you wanted to kind of get back in the school setting and, and be involved more with the actual day-to-day -day, uh, interactions with the students. Like you said, it's all for me, it's all about the relationships that, that you build, the long-lasting ones. 
um, with students that last even beyond middle school when right. they, you know, their siblings come here and, right. and oh, you know, you had so-and-so at, when you were at Del Sesto and, right. you know, they're still remembering you. Or even if you bump, even if you bump into former students, like somewhere and you, you see them as adults or young adults and, you know, you, you feel good about the fact that they ended up uh, relatively successful. For sure. Uh, switching roles a little bit to your childhood. Do you have a favorite memory from growing up that um, you can think of? Yeah, I mean, I, I had a pretty close, I have a pretty close family. And uh, I'd have to say probably the, my favorite memory was probably a family trip that we took to New Hampshire, actually, in 1989. It was, uh, you know, I was 11, my sister was seven. Uh, we went to North Conway, and they were like water slides. They were like four different water slides, and it was just a very fun. It was a very fun trip. We ended up staying like an extra day or two, a couple of nights, and uh, you know, it was in the summer. Everything's great. You know, you're on your summer vacation. Um, we didn't take too many vacations as families, so like when we did take it, it was kind of special. Uh, so it wasn't like a yearly trip no, to New Hampshire. No, that no. we didn't take too many trips. No, that was probably once every once every five years, maybe we would go somewhere. We, we kind of stayed around the house and in, in the neighborhood. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were other great memories, but that that's the one that sticks out f- as far as like my family. Mm-hmm. So you grew up in Cranston. Uh, originally Providence. Providence originally. Providence until, until 1992. So you were how old then? Like 14. Oh, really? Yeah, and then I went over. I was uh, in Providence, and then we moved to Western Cranston. So I ended up going to Cranston West. So do you, when you talk about hometown, you, uh, do you consider yourself uh, Providence as your hometown, Cranston? No, I always consider it Cranston because even when I lived in Providence, I was just one street over from Cranston. So I was in that friendly community, like um, near the Calot Tower, like Reservoir Ave, Pontiac okay. Ave. Right. So I was in the Cranston East area anyway. Um so I really, I've been Cranston. It's, it's been Cranston most of my life. Did you go to Providence schools at all? Um, elementary? I went, I, I actually went to um, a Catholic school. I went to St. Matthew's um, until eighth grade. And then I went to Hendricken for a year. And then I went, then we moved and I went to Cranston West. Ah, I see. So while you were growing up, did you have a favorite, a favorite restaurant that you like to go to? Um, why, when I was growing up, a lot of times we went to the big cheese on Reservoir Ave or Caserta pizza, uh, more pizza places. Um, now there's this place called Culinary Affair on, uh, in Cranston, Culinary Affair on Oaklawn Ave. Oaklawn. Yeah. It's like. And what do they serve? Like more pot, a lot of pasta, pasta, kind of like an Italian restaurant. Okay. I, I, I tend to get the Jamelli and Veal that they have. What is that? They, uh, it's Jamelli the pasta along with like veal, veal, uh, not chops, but almost like medallions, I guess, like pieces of veal in, inside the, uh, the pasta dish. Is it a, a family restaurant or is it, uh, no, like it's an adult it, it, style? No, it's more of an adult style restaurant. So I couldn't you, take my, my three-year-old and my oh, three-month-old. I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you, you could. You could. It's it's kind of a quiet place. Yeah, so, so I you can't. probably could. So I can't. No. <laughs> yeah, no usually might. we're pretty good until we get towards the end of the meal, and then there's a lot of crying. Yeah. 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 And then my kids wake up. 
<laughs> ba bum bum. <laughs> How about uh, favorite movie growing up? Oh. I, I know. I feel like I know what it is, but <laughs> well, tell the people a little. <laughs> on you know, on the immature side, I mean, Dumb, Dumb and Dumber is a pretty classic. I, I think it's a it's a it's a classic mo- male movie. Yeah, it, one of my it, favorites. It's it tends to be one of the more quoted movies. Um, I also <laughs> plus it took place in Rhode Island, so I think it has that like hometown feel to it. Uh, you even see some of the some landmarks of Rhode Island in the movie. The Big Blue Bug. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so, I mean, I like some other, you know, Little Big League, actually, that movie where the kid takes over when the grandfather passes away and he ends up the coach of the Minnesota Twins. Why did I think Angels? That's Angels in the Outfield. Okay. Yeah, I like Little Big League when the kid's the manager and they they resist him at first, but then they end up kind of rallying behind him and they, and they, they come back and they go all the way to the playoff i think they had a tie a playoff tiebreaker and they lost but anyway what's the one rosenbagger with no. the, he gets the rubber arm oh he's a pitcher it's a little kid oh rookie of the year oh, okay rookie, of, rookie the year. of the year he's got like the magical arm right right and then i think he loses it at some point and all of a sudden he can't end. throw it yeah <laughs> yeah of those how about uh, dangerous minds is a good one as far minds. as I, I like that that's, that's a good teacher movie that's I feel the Michelle Pfeiffer yes, one? Yes, yes. I, I think that was really the first movie that I really watched as far as education-wise that like kind of got me interested in got me interested in, in, in the idea of maybe teaching, making that impact on the kids and kind of thinking outside the box. And you're a big fan of Coolio? Oh, of course. <laughs> Gangsta's Paradise. <laughs> yeah. How about uh, uh, books you like to read? Um, this day and age... I don't. I don't get a chance. I don't get a chance to read too often, as far as um, on a daily or nightly basis. But um, I'm well read in Shakespeare or the classics. Um, a lot of it had to do with college. Uh, for a while, I wasn't really reading when I was younger, and then I got back into it. Um, you know, I like philosophy books, self improve, self help books. Um, you know, if if you go to Barnes and Noble, I kind of just I peruse and maybe buy a book a book a month from different um sections do you have any you'd recommend um, you know me i like my books i mean one that you've read in the past that yeah, i'm not I a mean, shakespeare guy i, I struggled no. with shakespeare in high school no i mean understanding I, the language yeah i think sometimes high school it, it's tough when you're that, I, th- I don't think your mind's ready for it until you really when you hit college i think you for some reason you just you rise up a little bit more and you look at it from a different angle uh, no, as far as, I mean, other than like Old Man in the Sea and uh, A Farewell to Arms, you know, from Hemingway, uh, as far as the philosophy books, The One Minute Philosopher, uh, that's a good book about basically the difference between, kind of like positive and negative ways of looking at things. So if you had to give a 30-minute speech, not about education, so you came into the auditorium. I needed somebody to, to cover for 30 minutes. Just to talk about anything. Anything, anything. But you don't have a plan. It's just here. here's a microphone. Look, I got to go do this thing. I'll be back in a half hour. What do you talk about? And it would be to the students? Anybody. So it wouldn't be my stand-up, like my comedy act? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I would probably just talk about life and, and in general and like making the right decisions and I'd probably turn it into a 30-minute advisory, like 
advisory with a mic. Uh, you know, just just making the right decisions and, and, and not falling prey to peer pressure and just doing the best that you possibly can and not giving up and just kind of a motivational motivational speech. Um, probably try to relate, have them, you know, relate to what I'm saying as far as, you know, I know it's tough sometimes for them to come into school every day for 180 days and we've all been there before and how how they, they're, they're, a, they're a kid for a shorter amount of time than they are an adult. So I would probably stress the fact that they just have to, you know, if they can do the right thing and work hard for the 11 or 12 years that they're in school, it'll make the 70 years of being an adult after that a lot easier. Something along those lines, like life, kind of a life coach type of a speech, I would say. Knowing you, I would have figured it was probably something sports related. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I don't know what I would say for 30 minutes other than just rehearse all the like greatest calls of all time by the announcers just in front of everyone. All right, you could do your Howard Cosell. Wait, I- <laughs> do you have a Harry Carey? Oh. From the Cubs, the right? Cub- he was a Cubs guy. Uh, it used to be on, uh, what was it, WGN maybe? I used to, they'd have the Cubs games on back in the day. And Cubs win! Cubs win! <laughs> <laughs> Um, at the friendly confines of Wrigley Field. <laughs> we, could, we could go on for a <laughs> while with this, so we're going to spare you from that. Um, so at the end of the school year, yeah, it's June 2020. You finished your first year at Nathaniel Green. Yes. What five words are you hoping that the students are using to describe your classroom as they leave? I would say that if it's limited to five words, I would say that they'd probably say something along the lines of it was, it was very well organized. It was very well organized. That's five. Typically, if you've <laughs> listened to these, it's five separate words, characteristics of your classroom. But we can take oh, that. Oh, okay. You want me to do that? You don't um, have probably to. Probably well positive. Yeah. Well organized. Uh... Fair, mm-hmm. consistent. That's a good one. And maybe diligent. Hmm. I don't think anybody's used that word. Yeah, yet. like I, I don't. I, I pushed. You know, I pushed them even when they don't want to do the. You know, you, you try to make them not give up on their work. That's what we want. So thanks for sitting down and doing this. Oh yeah, after I appreciate hours. it. Yeah, I've been wanting to do these. Uh, for the first couple of months, but I've just kind of gotten my uh, my feet wet here and just kind of gotten myself under. Sure. Any last words before we close out? No, no. I just, uh, you know, can't believe the first quarter's almost over. Time's flying. Tomorrow's November 1st. NBA playoffs. Yeah, the NBA season has already started, so we're on the road to the NBA finals. <laughs> and then summer vacation. All right. All right. Thank you, Mr. DeSimone. You're welcome. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast with Mr. DeSimone. Hope you learned a little bit about him. Very interesting man. Next week at Nathaniel Green, we have instructional rounds on Monday. So we'll have uh, many visitors from around the district coming in, uh, looking at our school looking at our data, visiting classrooms uh, to help us get better at what we do. A reminder that there is no school on Wednesday as it is a professional development day for teachers. We have boys and girls soccer this week on Tuesday and Thursday at Alvarez High School. 
we have a dental screening for our seventh grade students on Friday. And also Friday, we are welcoming uh, Commissioner, Education Commissioner Angelica Infante Green to Nathaniel Green Middle School to visit with us. So we have a very busy week, a very exciting week, and we'll see you next time.